really through that, throughout the lifeline, and we were uh, blessed to to have <laughs> have our neighbor and friend uh, Mary Hans with it this morning. So uh, I was just going to briefly a couple of things. Uh, she's on uh, on the talk of the town on Channel Five every I guess it's every every, every, every Thursday. Thursday, yeah. And she does has a weekly column, uh, Main Street Media, that you can read. But she's uh, had 45 years in Nashville journalism at the Banner and the Tennessean, and 27 years were sharing her money-saving experiences as Miss Cheap. So uh, her penny drive, Miss Cheap penny drive for Second Harvest Food Bank, has raised over two million dollars. And it, yeah, and then uh, this summer she was honored by at the Goodwill Impact Awards as Ambassador of the Year. So it was a, it was a big honor, and we're honored to have her. Johnny. Welcome. Since I know all of y'all know Julie and Johnny, when they ask you to do something, you have to say yes. You, know? <laughs> you, can't, you can't say no. So, so I'm going to talk a few minutes and then have questions if y'all want to do it that way. Um, just very casual, you can ask something if you want to. Um, I, I have loved being Miss Cheap. I came up with the idea for the column when I was at the Nashville Banner, and I was a business writer, and we were... We were trying to bring people into our business section who were not traditional business page readers. And so I covered retail and hospitality for for the business desk. And uh, that was com companies like Dollar General and Service Merchandise and Gaylord Opryland and those kind of companies. And so during the holidays, I would sometimes write about, you know, gifts you could get for $10 or less and, you know, just deals that people could find. And I figured out real quick that, that everybody loves a bargain, whether you're rich or poor, men or women. I think everybody likes to feel like they got more than their money's worth. And when I wrote the first column for the banner, I said that, that it was not, you know, it was going to be an ongoing series, but that it was not for people living on the edge as much as it was people who wanted to be smart with their money. And I still feel that way, but right now, I mean, I just feel like everybody's living on the edge. I mean, with, with inflation like it is and with, with the situation with, with our, er, the price of everything is up, and I think we see so much more need in the community and so much more need in our own budgets um, that I may be the only person benefiting from the recession or whatever you want to call it. But I, I really, I do feel like that it's a matter of making good choices about your money. And it's in, in many ways, I think it's being good stewards of your money. Um, that if you don't spend one place, then, you know, you've, you've got money to spend somewhere else. And um, one of the things that I've found to be, um, I used to do a contest where I asked people to send me their best money-saving tips. And boy, were there some doozies in that. And I'll tell you some of those in a minute. But, but one of the ones that struck me, the first year I did that contest was a lady out in Hermitage who said that what she did was um, the angel tree. Everybody knows about the angel tree. That she would um, start buying for the angel tree at the first of the year in January. And so by the time the angel tree goes up at the mall or wherever, she had enough for five or six girls for the same amount of money that she would have spent for one or two by buying ahead and being targeted, and she was buying for a 14-year-old girl, a 13-year-old girl. And so I asked her, I said, so why, why the 13-year-old girl? And she said, well, they're always the last one picked. And I just thought, what a sweet thing for somebody to do. And so it made me think about ways that people could be cheap in order to be generous. And I think that's, um, that's the thing I like to write about the most. Um, I, I wrote for the Banner for, for 23 years and for the Tennessean 22 years. And I've been so um, fortunate 
that they have um, both of both of those newspapers supported me um, in some initiatives that I've done, and and now that I'm with Main Street Media, and I'll tell you a little bit about that what it is, but. Um, I'm so happy that they've been able to support me, like on the T-shirt drive, which you all were so generous with. We, were, we got 15,000 T-shirts for Room in the Inn within a matter of weeks, thanks to people like you all bringing in your excess T-shirts. Um, the Penny Drive has been something else that when I went, when I went to the Tennessean, we start, uh, I had started the Penny Drive at the Banner, and then by the time I went to the Tennessean, it had sort of um, taken on a life of its own. And it's been, it's been such a wonderful thing for me because... I mean, so mu so much of what we're asked to do about people, different organizations wanting money from us, and I'm sure all of you all get solicitations for all sorts of things, but they're usually big asks. You know, they're, they want $1,000 for this or $500 for that. The penny drive really is every penny counts. And Second Harvest can make four meals at a $1, which is amazing to me. And, you know, it's just, it's, it's a wonderful project for kids because they can see that every little bit does help. And... The Episcopal School in Nashville embraced the penny drive the first, the first, the, one of the first years that, that I was doing it. And they had, um, the teacher there, the art teacher, had had them all make containers to put the, penny, the pennies or change in. And, um, and the way she explained it to them was that, that it, was like, it was like snow, that every one of us is a snowflake, and you put us all together, and every penny is a snowflake, you put it all together, and you've got you know a snowstorm, and it's beautiful. And it's, it's I thought that was a really good way to look at the little bit you know every little bit helps kind of thing. So um, other I was going to tell you a few other ways uh, that um, being cheap to be generous. But first I was going to tell you that people ask me they say what what's the best tip for saving money? The very best tip is to just ask. You just wouldn't believe what happens if you just ask. And again, in my contest, I had a lady, and you know, this, some of this takes a lot of nerve. I mean, I have to say, I mean, it's, 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 I, I hadn't got this much nerve. But this lady wrote me that, that she had seen Amy Grant on TV in a beautiful dress, and she coveted that dress, and she really, she had a big function coming up that she wanted to wear that dress to. And so she knew somebody who knew somebody who knew Amy Grant. And she got word to her that she wanted to borrow the dress for this occasion. And sure enough, they said yes. And so she wore it to the event and then got it back to Amy Grant. Well, of course, I couldn't just run that in the paper. You know, I had to confirm it. But I happened to know somebody who knew somebody who knew Amy Grant. <laughs> so so I, I, you know, checked with them, and sure enough, I verified it. And, I mean, who would have enough nerve to do that? I mean, I just thought it was great. Another one was a lady wrote me that she had, uh, and there was no way for me to really confirm this one, but I think it was true that she had gone to the doctor's office, and when she got there, the, the sign up on the, there was a sign up on the back that said, you know, if you don't, um, if you cancel, you know, if you don't cancel within 24 hours, you'll be charged $50 for the appointment. And so she got there, and they told her that something had happened with the doctor, and they would have to reschedule her. And she said, well, then you owe me $50. <laughs> and, and they paid it to her. They paid her the $50. <laughs> but then it's, it's smaller things, like I, I was, um, Maybe I shouldn't even admit this, but I, I was at Home Depot yesterday, and I had seen that they had these these little green tree things that were eight eighty eight. They'd been fourteen ninety eight, and I needed some for two pots outside my gates at my house, and so I I, look, I went and got two of them, and eight eighty eight was not not a bad price. They'd been fourteen or fifteen. And so, but they were kind of brown on the bottom, you know, like kind of around the edges. They were kind of looked a little distressed, and so, 
So I went to the register and I asked, I said, these really look distressed. I just don't, do you think I could get another discount? She said, well, I'll give you two of them for the price of one. <laughs> I just love those plants. I mean, now I just, it makes me like them even, even better than I did. But the, as far as the, the cheap to be generous, I think, you know, that the angel tree one is really a good one. But, you know, if you're, if you're planning holiday parties, Christmas parties, Christmas receptions or whatever, um, you know, make it a party with a purpose. Have people bring, I saw all those bags of food upstairs for, the, for Second Harvest. Um, you know, have people bring something, whether it's something for the Humane Association or whatever, whatever charity you want to support instead of people bringing these silly hostess gifts. I mean, it's just, it's just, I just think it's so much better to, and, and you focus people. I had, I had, one, my, one of my favorite stories that I have some friends that we all raised our children together and we've been friends, you know, for 40 years or so. And, you know, we used to all get together at Christmas and everybody would bring everybody else a present. And, you know, it would be like a basket that would have some candles and maybe some homemade bread or some bought bread somewhere that looked like homemade. And, you know, that you, you know just, just all this stuff. And so one year, um, one of the smart people in the group called everybody and she said, you know, this is ridiculous. We do not need to do that. Why don't we all give something to the charity of our choice and just come and have the dinner because we all enjoyed being together. And so we all did, and it was so interesting. What And people talked about which charity they chose. And it was just like there were, these were people we'd been great friends with, and we didn't know that this one was going to support the Interfaith Dental Clinic, and this one was going to do Second Harvest, and this one. I mean, it was just, it was just so eye-opening, and we had really missed so much by being so... You know, how much time does it take to put one of those baskets together that you could spend the time with somebody? So I think, you know, trying to change traditions. Uh-huh. When, when I was a, an elementary school principal, instead of giving my teachers a, a mug, we didn't need yeah. another mug. Best teacher. I just uh, I made a donation to the local uh, food bank in that town. And then people were happy about that, and the food bank was really happy. Well, I think so, too, and I think, you know, that also shows them what you're, what's important to you. And I, I think, you know, that, it's, that it's, a, it's, an e it's a much easier thing to do, and then you can spend your time doing something more, more, more along the lines of what's important to you, you know, whether it's volunteering or whatever. And I think volunteering is the perfect cheap activity because, one, you know, you're not spending any money and you're giving them money that saves them in their costs, but, you know, also, you can't spend any money while you're volunteering. I mean, you know, you're not out shopping. Or, you're, not, you're not at the mall. I mean, but I, I just think there are lots of ways to do it. I mean, there's just simple ways, like, you know, like if you're at the grocery and you have a coupon <clears throat> for something you're not going to use, just put it on the shelf and maybe somebody else can use it. I mean, it's just, it's, that sounds so, you know, lame, but it's, it's, it's true. It, it helps somebody else. Um, and, but I do think the party with a purpose is, is an easy way to, to do that. We're, we've invited neighbors over for a, a Christmas carol sing-along for Second Harvest and as part of the penny drive. And, you know, I can't tell you, we've done this for maybe six or seven years now, and I can't tell you how many people have come up to me afterward and said, thank you so much for doing that. Uh, we we really wanted to do something for a charity at Christmas, but we just didn't we just didn't know what to do. And I'm thinking, how do you not know what to do? But at the same time, you know, people are not connected. You know, and I think if you can connect people, that that's that's part of the part of the the gift. I think is to have have that sort of uh, relationship with them. I had a lady that um, 
a really older black lady who was, she was one of the sweetest, nicest people I ever met. And she was, all, she was, she, she proclaimed herself the queen of cheap. I mean, and she really was. But she had, um, she had been a, a caterer and she had worked for West End Methodist Church for a long time. And when she retired, a, a, a professional caterer came in to take her, her place. And so she realized that they were, um, after they got finished with the meal, that they still had some leftover food. And she talked to the caterer about it, and he said, well, I just don't have the manpower to pan it and then, you know, clean up and do all that. And she said, I'll do it. And so she went over there after the meal each, each week, and then she would pan all the food and take it for the feeding program at her, her church, which was Spruce Street, Spruce Street Baptist uh, in North Nashville. And she said it was, it was the equivalent of $3,000 worth of food in a year's time that, that her church had been responsible for. So, I mean, they're, they're, if you can be creative, there are lots of ways, I think, for people to save. So I, I, I'm just going to stop there and see what questions you all have. I can, I can, you know, I mentioned that some of these tips that came in in the contest were <laughs> too cheap even for me is what I'll classify them as, and I could talk about that, but but I, you know, I just think there there are lots of good good tips out there for people. And you know, the grocery I, I can talk a lot about the grocery because I've just done a big piece on that. So, who has a question? Somebody surely has a question. Uh huh. This is not a question, but I remember one of your columns where you said there are some things I draw the line, <laughs> and one of them that you mentioned was a guy who would use one end of a, uh, you know, what do you call it? Q-tip. Q-tip. And then set it aside to use again. And you said that's just. <laughs> well, there was another one that said he reused his dental floss. I mean, you know, I mean, you know, it's just really, it's just way too much. It's just the worst was when that man that used one sheet toilet paper. Oh yeah. Um, and during COVID, that did come back. <laughs> that's true. That's true. Well, you know, one of the ones that I thought was so funny was this lady talked about what she called the toilet paper crunch, that she would, before she put the roll on, onto the dispenser, she would stomp on it so it wouldn't roll so freely, so anybody using it could only get one or two sheets at a time. I haven't tried that, but, you know, during COVID, that would probably have been a pretty good way to, to limit it. Any ideas of what to do with the grandchildren, eight and under? Well, I write a lot about events and free things to do, and there are lots of them coming up. Um, the walk through Bethlehem at Woodmont Christian Church is on the 11th, and it's great for kids. I mean, it's just it's just a wonderful way to for them to sort of experience Bethlehem at the time of Jesus. Get there early. Get there early. It's and it's from one to seven, but it's free. Something something I love to go to is the tuba Christmas, and it's. It's a hundred tubas playing Christmas carols down at First Baptist downtown, and it's if you hadn't heard, you know, joy to the world on a tuba, you know, I mean, it's it will make you smile and put you in the mood for sure. But you know, so many churches have programs, but they're also um, like the Nashville Zoo has a thing where if you if you take a, a present out there, and I think that's next, I think that's the second weekend in December, if you take an unwrapped present out there, you can get a voucher for a free zoo admission. Um, you know, there are things like that. And plus, you know, the the gift card. I'm working on a piece on gift cards because, you know, so many of the of the restaurants particularly do these gift cards where if you buy a hundred dollars worth of gift cards, they'll give you another twenty dollars, or you can buy a hundred dollars for eighty dollars, and so you're really getting more than your money's worth on that. I'm trying to make a list of those. Uh huh. 
Um, there are a group of children that I nanny, and that they and their families come to my house every Christmas. And for years and years and years, I have given each one of the children, I, I give them money. The thing is, they cannot spend it on themselves. They have to think of things to do for somebody else during the holidays. And then they come back to my house at Easter and we tell what they do. It was very interesting that. to hear them say at Easter. So some of them couldn't decide what to do and some of them put their money together. And But they, along with their families, and obviously uh, it takes, it, it's a family effort because these kids can't drive. But obviously they, along with their families, do something for somebody else. And one little boy said to me at Easter, he said, Okay, so I took my money, and we went to McDonald's, and we got hamburgers. And we went downtown and handed them out to homeless people. I just love and it. he said, but i got to tell you, Miss Pat, I got really, really hungry smelling those. <laughs> <laughs> and I ate the last one. I'm really sorry. That is hilarious. Well, you know, that's that's such a great idea. I'm so glad you said that because I, I had I had another contest that I did one time was it was if somebody gave you $500, what would you do with it? And this one lady wrote that she would match it, and she had 10 grandchildren, and she was going to give each of them $100 and, again, ask them to give that away to somebody else and to research it and to, you know, figure it out. And she, she said that it was just the most interesting thing because she gave it to them, like, in November, and then at Christmas at their dinner, their family dinner, they all had to say what they did with it. You know, I mean, it's just it's just such a... It was yeah. fun to hear what they did yeah. with it. And it's just such a good exercise, you know, with with children. You know, I've got four grandchildren, and you know, they're they're spoiled. You know, I know it, and I spoiled my children too. So I don't say much about it. But it was, it, you know, it's. Um, I think it's so important to try to redirect them, and you know, even with something simple like instead of saying "What are you getting for Christmas?" to say "What are you giving for Christmas?" and just to try to try to turn it around a little bit. Uh huh. Also, Heifer International oh, yeah. is a wonderful organization that you can... I sat down with my grandkids and said, okay, we, we have this much to spend, and they chose a goat, and they chose chickens. <laughs> but they got to tell their friends, what did you get for Christmas? I got a goat. But they didn't really get the goat. Yeah. But still, that's you're redirecting it, you know, and you're making them think about that people are in need. And I just, you know... When I started the Penny Drive, I, w I went out to um, BGA, and they, their middle school has been a huge participant in the Penny Drive for me. And, the, you know, I, f I found out that if you want something done right, ask a fifth grader, because these kids were just remarkable. And they came up with all sorts of projects of ways that they, you know, could, they, they, one of them, two girls made uh, dog biscuits and sold them to their neighbors. And then they came up with s several things at school where they had bake sales and and, you know, a day that you didn't have to wear a uniform, that you could, you know, pay something to do it. And they raised several thousand dollars, I mean, by doing all this. But when I went out to talk to them, you know, I told them, I said, you know, they talk about that, Second Harvest talks about that one out of eight people, one out of seven children, I think that's right, um, don't, they're, they're food insecure, which means they don't know where their next meal is coming from. And I, and I told these, these BGA kids, I said, they're not saying they don't know whether it's coming from Chick-fil-A or, you know, Pizza Hut. They, they're saying they don't know whether they're going to get anything to eat. And it, it's just, uh, you know, I think children, pr particularly privileged children, don't realize that. And, I mean, it's, it's a hard thing to, it's a hard thing to convey because, you know, it, here we are in this land of plenty and, there are people who are starving, and I, I just, you know, they told me at Second Harvest that 
that the, the most at-risk people are seniors because, one, they, they, won't, they won't ask for help. Um, and nowadays, you know, so many seniors' children live somewhere else and, you know, people are scattered, but that they're proud and they don't want to ask for help or they don't really know exactly how to negotiate the system. And so that just broke my heart to, see, to think of these seniors, you know, hungry and, you know, with nobody taking care of them. So I, I think, you know, wh one of the things I like about Second Harvest is that it works through, I think, 450 agencies to um, not just to provide food but to, 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 to get people to food. Like if they support an agency like St. Luke's in West Nashville, um, if people come to St. Luke's to get the food, but what they really are needing are other services. So it sort of opens the door. People, the food brings them in, but then the other other services are identified. And so I think that's been a really um, that that was one reason I picked Second Harvest because it supports all the other agencies that I like, and you know does does a lot of good. I did bring me a penny drive jar in case anybody wanted to <laughs> dig deep in their purse or, or pocket. I went to I went to a Brentwood newcomers uh, luncheon one time and. The, the ladies were so generous, and they, they filled up a big, like a pickle jar kind of thing of, of, with money. And I got back to the office um, at, on the next, this was on a Friday, and on Monday I got to the office and I had a voicemail, this desperate voicemail from this lady. And she, she told me that at the luncheon she had emptied out her coin purse into, into my penny drive jar and that she had just been to the manicurist and had taken off all her rings and put them in her thing, and that they were in the in the thing. And I thought, oh my gosh, because I had I had left the thing in my car. I just put it in the trunk, you know, and went on. Well, I couldn't get out to the car fast enough because I was terrified that they wouldn't be there, you know. Well, I got there and they were there, so it was a happy ending. But still, it was she was really given everything. <laughs> Who has a question? I, nobody wants to talk about groceries. Oh, this is an interesting time of year, and maybe get some feedback from everybody. So I was at my children's house last night, and they showed me their Christmas list, and it was just like, oh, five hundred dollars for groceries, <laughs> and I and the other one, you know, they have this long list, and and uh, I said something like, well. You need a list of 50 and under or something. But anyway, they, uh, I guess I'm just saying all my gifts have already been bought, and they're like 20 and below. <laughs> and so, it's so much easier when they're little kids. It is, and they're growing, and then, so, but I'm just going to go ahead and give them what I have planned on doing. Well, good for you. Is that okay? I think that's okay. But you know, you know, I'm trying to, I'm trying to redirect that to, to, to give them experiences instead of stuff. They've got too much stuff. You know, I just am tired of all that plastic. You know, and I, my grandchildren are nine and under, so I've still got you know a few little ones that they are things they want, but that are affordable. But you know, I'm just trying to to say, well, I'd rather you know, pay for your gymnastics lessons or your art lessons or, you know, something other than just stuff. Well, we only have one grandchild, so it's not so expensive for us. But we don't really <clears throat> give him a lot because his other grandparents are out of town and he gets a lot from his parents. So I usually say, well, Waylon, you know we're putting into your college fund every month. 
So that's what we're giving you because Grandy Charles, my father, the education was so important to him. So we wanted you to know that that was important to him. So we wanted to make sure that that happened. So we don't really give him a lot of stuff. Well, that's really great. I, you know, when, when my children were little, uh, my older daughter was born on Christmas Eve. And um, she was the first grandchild on both sides. And um, it was just like excess. You just wouldn't believe. I mean, by the you know, we, we somebody had told me they said, well, you know what you really should do. And I thought this was such a great idea. You should say, well, three gifts was enough for Jesus. That's enough for these kids. <laughs> and so, you know, I thought, boy, that that just boils it right down. But then by the time the godparents and the aunt and uncle and the grandparents and everybody else gives it, it was like, whoa, this is just way over the top. But she survived. <laughs> She'll be 40 this year, so <laughs> we're not doing much for her birthday. So. One year, uh, the oldest grandson, the oldest grandchild, uh, was at Christmas. Of course, he was, maybe he was two, I think, or three, something like that. And afterwards, after all the presents were open, he said, I got more things I didn't know I wanted. <laughs> Well, that's that's the, that's the way it is, really. But you know, another another thing that somebody told me that I thought was really smart um, is, you know, with, with my mother when she was older, um, I would say, "Mother, what do you want for Christmas?" And she'd say, "Oh, just any any old thing is fine. Anything is fine." She's Miss Congenial. But you know, if somebody asks you what you want for Christmas, I'm all about saying what you want. And I mean, I'd much rather have <clears throat> my children asking me now what I want, and I said, "I really would love." a gift card for the car wash because I'm too cheap to pay for a car wash or you know a gift card for somewhere else or some people were saying in this first conversation that that what you know what what their mother wanted was for them to say that there was a special day that they were going to go to lunch and go shopping and you know that there was going to be a day that a mama day that you could that you could plan and I think so many of us would rather have something like that than more stuff <clears throat> and if you see something that you really want Write it down so that you can ask for it. I mean, I, I just, I don't, the, the idea of surprises, I love to have a good surprise for somebody. I mean, honestly, don't get me wrong. But if I don't, I'd much rather know what they want than to go buy something and, you know, spend the money and the time and have it be some excess something that they don't really care about. I mean, I, I'd, I'd much rather do that. So I'm trying to make my list of what I want. It should serve me well. I have a funny Miss Cheap story from yesterday. Was it yesterday or Friday? Um, so we, with another neighbor, Laura, were going, where do we go? To, to the First United Pentecostal Church out on Charlotte. Yes. They had a big tent sale, Christmas sale, and all that. So Mary said, you know, we're going, pick me up, because she's got car seats, you know, so, and I don't know. So we went. We had to have room for our purchase. That's right. <laughs> so when we got there, our friend Laura was talking about this pair of sandals that she loved. What were they? Ufas. Ufas. Ufas sandals. They're expensive, but I bought them, and I love them. They're my favorite. She, Mary said, well, maybe I'll find some, maybe I'll find some when we get here. Cause they but see, because Laura says, she said, well, you, you're not going to get any because you are far too cheap to pay for these because they cost like what, $75 or something? Yeah. I don't know. So, They're like flip-flops. I mean, really. Yeah. Well, They're really cute, there, though. I opened the trunk to get a bag to carry things, but there were some of Mama's shoes that she didn't want, and I dumped out the bag, and 
there's some oak. <laughs> and they were just my size. Like, they were just my size. It just killed, it killed Laura. I mean, it just killed her. But I'm lucky like that, you know? But I think you make your own luck, you know, in some ways. I mean, <laughs> I, mean I, I, had, I, I was ordering some, some stuff from L.L. Bean. I had a gift card. But um, I was ordering some stuff from L.L. Bean, and the, the night they, there was a 10% off that had a deadline of a certain day. And so the last day of the, of the offer, I, I, I tried all, uh, several times to get through, and I couldn't get through. And so the next morning I called, and I said, I tried yesterday to get this, but I, I couldn't get it. Um, and, she, and so I put in the order, and this was something because I was buying two of something to go to different addresses. So that you couldn't do it online. You have to call. And so I went, after she took the order, I said, well, since I couldn't get through last night, I said, can you possibly give me that 10% discount that y'all were offering yesterday? And she goes, oh, sure, I can do that. And so, I mean, it was, it was like $12 difference. I mean, and that's money I've got to do something else with. I, I, I really enjoy it. You can tell that it's not. You know, if you can make the savings a, a challenge instead of a chore, I mean, that's half the battle. And, you know, I just think, you know, when you when you after you ask and you get a yes, then you're 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 motivated to do it more. You know, I mean, what's the worst that can happen if you ask? It, that, that they can say no. I mean, you've got nothing to lose. <clears throat> I love asking. Uh huh. So you you sort of told us about the the evolution to Miss Chief, but how did you in the beginning end up as a business writer for the National Banner? Well, I started out as a copy clerk for the Nashville Banner. Um, I went to Sewanee, and when I graduated from Sewanee, I went to work for Ingram Book Company, and then I went to the Banner. And I, as a copy clerk, that means you get people's coffee and cigarettes in those days and, you know, go get their lunch or whatever and pair the wires and all that kind of stuff. And so I did that for a while, and then I became a, a, I became a, um, a general assignment reporter. <clears throat> and then I became a the police reporter, and I was the first girl to be a police reporter in Nashville. And I covered federal court and state court. And then when my husband and I married, he was the city editor. Um, they didn't really want me working for him. And so the business desk was not under his jurisdiction. So they put me on the business desk. And I'm really not a numbers person or a business person. So that's why they gave me the soft business, which was retail, hospitality, um, restaurants. And so that was how I ended up there. And we, we started that in the business section, and then it, it became immediately popular. And this was before email, you know, I mean, and people calling and saying, where is that place? And so we, um, we, we moved it pretty quickly into the lifestyle section because it seemed to be a better fit for lifestyles than it was. But I came up with the name, and when I first came up with it, I got so much negative feedback. People say, well, Miss Cheap just sounds so negative. And I said, well, you just can't have a column called Ms. Frugal. I mean, it's just, you know, it's just, you know, just flat, you know, it's just nothing. But then when the banner closed, the Tennessean hired me. And um, the Tennessean was really good to me. And then I retired January before last. And it's, um, the, the Main Street Media is, um, it's, a, it's a, a guy that used to be the advertising director for the Tennessean a long time ago. Uh, started buying up newspapers, and he now owns, I think, 12, maybe 13 papers in Middle Tennessee, like the like the Murfreesboro Post, and the Gallatin, whatever it is, and the Hendersonville Standard, and the Dixon, the Wilson County. I mean, he's got, they're, so they're all small 
papers. Most of them are weeklies, weekly print and then online. And so they wanted me to write a couple of columns a week for them that would go in as many of their papers as wanted them. I mean, it started out they had a, Nash, a Nashville one online, and it still exists, but not it's not in the same format it was to begin with. But it's been a wonderful uh, platform for me because they wanted to support the penny drive and they wanted to support the t-shirt drive and have been very enthusiastic about all that. And they're they're good people and the the product is really good. I mean, they cover you know they're they're hyper local, and I think that's you know with with the newspaper business like it is these days, um, you know I think their model is probably the you know it's it's at least the weekly model with, with these small papers. I mean, people want. In these towns outside Nashville, they want to know why the bridge is out and what the high school football team did. And I mean, it's it's very local, uh, and I just think it's just harder to do in Nashville. And you know, the the the, the turning turning the Tennessean around from a print paper to an online distributor of news, it's it's a it's a big boat to turn. And I you know I I just I think they're trying awfully hard, and I think. I'm very supportive of them because I, you know, these these young people who are working for the Tennessean now, they, you know, you know, there's no deadline. You know, they're 24/7 now. Every story keeps evolving, and you know, it's not like when I was doing it where you'd have the morning paper and the afternoon paper, and your deadline was firm, and then you start working on the next day. I mean, this is like endless, and you know, they they work so hard, and I just, you know, I don't envy them, but and they don't pay them very much. I have to tell you, but. I'm I'm very supportive of them, and I feel like we need to support our local journalism. I mean, it's just if if we don't, we're not going to have it, and you can see what might happen. <laughs> Where did you get your degree from, Swan? English. I speak it pretty good. <laughs> no, I loved Swanee. Swanee was the best thing that ever happened to me. I, I really had a great experience at Swanee. I was there. I was in the third class of women there, and it was a um, it was a, a, um, a lot of fun. <laughs> well, thank you. Well, thank you so much. You know, one of the things that my my children laugh about this that you know I, people will come up to me and they go, "Are you Miss Cheap?" And I go, "Yes," and they go, "Oh, my grandmother loved you." <laughs> and then I'll, I'll go. Oh, that's so nice. And they'll go, she died 15 years ago. <laughs> so, you know. I'm like, so blessed because I was telling, you know, my, my son was talking about his his son, you know, trying you know, jobs and all of this. And he said, Carrie and I both said we never had to. Our parents never taught us how to work. They just set an example. And I'm thinking, too, of my parents and how I told Lance, I said, I'm so glad I saw my mother scrub clothes on the rub board on the, in the bathtub and just those things that we saw, you know, like one can of beans would feed a family of five. Yeah. And, you know. It, they used to be bigger cans, though. <laughs> I had no clue. But, you know, just to see our parents work with such a... Well, my mother was my inspiration. She was she could she she was a wonderful shopper, and my father was an Episcopal priest, and so, you know, they didn't have any money, and she was she could stretch a dollar a long way, and I she taught me, you know, and she I think she taught me, too, that you 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 can't have everything, you know, that you you have to pick and choose, and you know it's just like like you know my grandparents used to say before they'd buy something they'd go well we're just gonna sleep on it, 
<laughs> you know, and I mean, I don't think people do that anymore. I think, you know, the, the younger generation, and I sound like an old fogey, but, you know, it's like, you know, I want it now, you know, and, and I'm getting it today, not tomorrow, you know, and <clears throat> I don't know. I'm, it's, it's, hard for me to, it's hard for me to make a decision on spending very much money, and, and then when I do, I'm like a little bit, a little bit skittish about it, and I think that's from my parents. I remember James Dodson said that the difference is back in those days, people really couldn't afford if they wanted a pocket knife. You know, their parents couldn't do it, but now the parents have to choose. You know, I'm not going to do it. Wait, I can do it, but. Well, that's some, that's something else. When when you know when children and, and this is something you know not my not my smartness, but you know that when our children were little, we would go in the store and you know they'd want want want. You know, they, I think all children in the in any grocery or, or retail store wants all this stuff. And I think the mistake was that people would say, well, "We can't afford that," instead of saying, "We don't need that." And I think it's a big difference in what what perception children have of that because. It's, it isn't that you can't afford it, necessarily. It's that you don't need it. And I, I think that's been something I've been trying to, to talk to my grandchildren about. And they, they don't need all this stuff. They think they do. Mm -hmm. One of the things that I am so fascinated by, because we have seven grandkids, is it seems like the more imagination something takes, the more interested they're in it, because they've got tons of toys when they come over to our house, they want to play in the back of my pickup, and it is a pirate ship. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, you know, it's a bicycle rim or something of that nature, and, and all the other toys they've had fun with for a week, and then they're stored. Yeah, I, I, I totally agree with you. Um, I, do, I do talk of the town with Meryl Rose every week, and she was telling me about her grandson, that what he really wanted for Christmas, what he wants for Christmas, and I think he's five, is a leaf blower like Papa's. <laughs> and, so, and so, you know, she, she told her husband, she said, well, I'm getting it for him. And she goes, he, he goes, you're getting him a leaf blower? And he goes, that's what the, what the boy wants. So why not? Put him to work. But you know, I think one of the problems is for today, we get to live during the Depression and we, that's what our ancestors dealt with. And even right after that, the next generation, they heard a lot about it. They knew it could happen again. They knew yeah. exactly. And we have not had that experience, and we're just so surrounded with so many things. Well, y'all are so nice to have me. I did bring you, uh, I did bring my penny drive can in case anybody had any change that they wanted to unload. But it's the other, the, the, I've got this sheet on it too if anybody wants to know more about it. But yeah, we take dollars too. I mean, it's all right. <laughs> I know it does make it easier to easier to deposit. Uh huh. So I don't have my penny bucket with you today. Well, if you want to participate in it, you can make it. You can make it. I almost get up to you. You can take it to any Pinnacle or Wilson Bank and Trust office. Okay. In December, and if you do it in December, it'll be matched by some anonymous donors in Second Harvest. So I'm trying to get everything turned down in December so that we can enjoy that match. Take the bank and say it's for the penny drop. I'll give you a sticker.
Why can't we do that more for schools where our kids go to? You can do it. I mean, it, it, I would. I've tried to get as many as I could. I could do that. Yeah. So before we thank you so much, Mary. We appreciate you coming at the. At the I hope I did what you end. wanted. You did. You were wonderful as always. So just keep we, going. Oh, okay. So I, Steve was going to say a prayer to close the class. Let's pray. Oh, Father, we are so incredibly blessed. Uh, and in this season of being grateful <clears throat> for what you have provided us, uh, we just pray that we can also be people who are charitable. And we just pray for those families who do not have what they need. We realize that we have so much that we don't need. We just pray for your blessings and your guidance. Give us wisdom to use our funding and our money that we have so that we can bless others. We pray this in Christ's name. Amen. Amen.